This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture. This week we're talking about the Sasquatch series, speaker and power cables. Those things are ridiculous looking. They're the beefiest cable I've ever seen in my life. They look like they belong to some sort of like, like, like industrial power transformer rig just gigantic thick plugs on them gigantic thick cables they look like they're gonna last a million years you have anything else to say about them steve yeah they come in tech flex well yeah they come in tech flex that's always nice (laughs) they're the most incredible looking speaker cables on the planet go check them out i don't have any of those but i do have some regular sinusoid speaker cables they were able to put together some custom links for me because I needed to have a really interesting uh, cable set up for speaker cables when I was doing my amp journey last year. And they took good care of me, and those cables were great. Uh, looking at those Bigfoot cables, I believe that they've got to be just the beefiest thing in the world. So if you're looking for a uh, speaker cable... Ryan, yeah, Ryan, they're not Bigfoot cables. They're Sasquatch cables. They're Sasquatch cables. Uh, you know, same animal. But if you're looking for... Here, here's, here's what I'm leading to. How do you feel about Yetis? Here's what I'm leading to. I always have trouble with like other speaker cables, like telling the difference between them and regular guitar cables. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, you can like unscrew the cover and see like, oh, there's no shielding on it. And that's your speaker cable. But if you want a speaker cable that you know for sure is a speaker cable and not an instrument cable, you got to get that Sasquatch cable because it looks completely different from anything else you've ever seen in your life. Go check it out. Head on over to sinusoid.com, sinusoid cables. They make cables. And smiles. And they make you think there's a snake behind you. Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying i don't i don't even know why i do this anymore just read it steve it's just i don't know if we took a break or what's going on with my head maybe <laughs> i don't know but it's the guitar buying selling trading fixing modding breaking reviewing playing podcast you get you need to uh you need to incorporate the the show intro into your awana's game to get your memorization oh down my steve. gosh i don't do Awana anymore you don't no oh you're all done huh gave that up i retired retired how long ago was that this year oh okay this is the first like club year that i haven't done it there you go since forever <laughs> well let's get into the regular show instead of talking about a uh, a children's bible club yeah yeah <laughs> hey what's new steve um we got the fendler actually turned on i want yeah. to say up and running the light turned on in the front and we plugged it into a speaker cab and it was making a hissing sound and it produced a lot and I mean a lot of heat. You can yeah. use this to warm up your room in the in the cold winter. Yeah. Uh, when I went to turn it off, I was really worried that I was going to like burn my fingers. Well, I'm a little worried because uh, you put some stuff back together in there with blue painter's tape. And it's really close to those tubes. And I'm like, is that stuff going to catch on fire? 
<laughs> is painter's tape flammable? I mean, uh, dude, I, everything's I probably everything's is. flammable if you get it hot enough. Yeah, um, I've got painter's tape in there because uh, the reverb tank was originally like affixed to this um, metal thing um, with uh, like adhesive foam, uh-huh. um, which is just like a piece of foam with like a sticky side. Right. Uh, and that stuff, because this amp is like 40 years old, that stuff completely disintegrated. And the reverb tank was just flopping around in there. Oh, man. Which is why, like, the tubes got destroyed and whatever. Um, so, like, I don't know. I still don't know. Like, that's my biggest question is I don't know if this thing was running before shipping. And the guy, like, who had it didn't test it. Right. Um, and obviously, it's way too late now for me to even, like, revisit that. But, um, yeah, that I think that reverb tank flopping around is what probably did a lot of the damage to the inside of the amp. Uh, so I just have it kind of like suspended in place with painter's tape so it doesn't flop around when I transport it. And um, it's secure-ish, I guess. I just really love the look of this thing. I want it to work. I want to be able to hear it. But then I also, if, if it can't work, if it doesn't work, I kind of want something else to be rehoused into it. Because it's right. just too cool looking to not have a function. I super go back and forth because like you, well, you brought it in here um, because of the way the circuit is laid out. Both of the transformers are on the same side of the amp. So it's extremely top heavy. This thing has a lot of transformers in it. Uh, and the transformers are huge. Yeah. The two, the output and uh, power transformers on this thing are like, one of them is bigger than my fist. And you got a big old fist, dude. I have a normal fist for a person who's six foot two. Uh, <laughs> the other is probably about the size of like a fist. Uh, they're both very large, and they're both on the same end of the. And end. then there's like two smaller transformers in there. That yeah, are like one of them size. is like the reverb driver. The other and the and, and there's probably one for the vibrato. I don't think there's. I mean, I guess there probably is some kind of vibrato circuit because there is a speed and intensity. I've heard on some of these amps that the speed and intensity knobs don't actually do anything. <laughs> that the vibration channel is really just, or vibrator channel is really just reverb. I love that it's called the vibrator channel um, too. So I don't know because there's two different, I found at least two different deluxe reverb models uh -huh. from Fendler when I was doing research on this. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I like the outside aesthetic. Part of me uh, just wants to like gut it all, leave the knobs in place, and then put in like a pair of quilter amps. <laughs> <laughs> like gut a, gut a quilter to like do a yeah floating. What do they call? Is it floating leads? Is that what they call I don't it? Know when what they like call it. when the instead of the pots being mounted to PCB, there it's like wire like hand wired uh-huh uh it's called floating something my my idea was to put a princeton in that vibrato slot right because it's the right amount of knobs for it and then either put like a fender reverb unit on the top three knob section or put like a surfy bear in there oh yeah and have like a surf rock head but then like a maybe not a princeton maybe like a deluxe reverb or something like that or a, even a twin would be a good to throw in there to have a surf rock. Well, I amp. think if you wanted to do the dual circuit thing, you wouldn't want to do a twin. That's going to be too much circuit. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the classic surf rock amp is the the Lux Showman, but right. I just I don't know. Even a twin is is way too much. Well, a twin and Lux Showman are the same amp. Right. Right. 
Oh, well, the same circuit. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything new, dude? I do have something new. Oh, yeah. What is it? Uh, so I went and I uh, re-impregnated my wife. Yeah. I heard about you this. You heard about that? From from uh, our friend's mom. Oh, great. <laughs> People out there t- like spoiling surprises, huh? Yeah. So what that means for me is obviously going to be a double dad. Like that's the, the exciting yeah. part about it. Uh, the other part about it is that all the rooms in our house are used right now. And one of them is in my air, in air quotes, my music room. Yeah. And that's where I do the vast majority of my demo work. Right. Um, I mean, we've, we've already decided that like after having our first kid, he basically lived in our room for the first year and his bedroom was just not needed. Right. So we've already decided that like, we don't need to put together a nursery for this new kid just yet. Yeah. Uh, but eventually it's going to happen. I mean, you could just eventually shove both kids into the same room. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of small rooms and they're not super small, but they're like nine by nine or 10 by 10 or something like that. I was thinking about doing bunk beds. It depends on the like dynamic with the kids, but it's like, I do need to be thinking about my plan if I lose that music room. Right. So that's a big thing. I have to consider for like my music gear stuff as far as this goes right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I'm starting to make a little bit of a living doing the demo videos and doing other things surrounding the podcast. So I have two options outside of just making one of the kids sleep outside or something like that. Uh, I could convert the loft space that's upstairs, right? which is kind of a similar size. And we're just using it kind of as like an, like an art supply storage area right now. Right. And other storage. So I would, we would basically get rid of all that stuff or move it down into the garage or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I would convert that space into a recording studio type of area. And I'd have to put up some sort of fence to keep the kids out. Right. Because there'd be cables and pedals and stuff all over the place. And part of the downside to that is that uh, when you're recording a demo and you're doing the talking parts, it's, very awkward if there's other people in the house who can hear you and you also need to close the door to keep family sounds out. Right. So that loft area is going to pick all that up. Yeah. And it's just going to be really embarrassing to say, Hey, this is Ryan from 60 cycle home, the guitar podcast over and over again. Like I do, like I say it like 30 times every time. And really what's going to happen is, Hey, this is Ryan from 60 cycle home, the guitar podcast. And then it's going to be like, yeah, like hearing a kid freak out in the background. My other option is to completely change my garage. Right. Which is where we are right now. And as you can see, it's a typical Southern California garage. That's just full of all our junk. Mm Mm-hmm. And we have a table in here where we podcast at. And uh, my thought was, I've got this wall over here with the surfboards on it. If I can figure out another way to store the surfboards, like maybe pick my favorites and mount them to the ceiling or something. Right. Then I can convert this wall into like my demo backdrop. I mean, it would probably be pretty easy to just do ceiling mount with like... You'd have to figure out what kind of weight suspension you'd want to do, and I guess you'd have to go further back. But it's not like you, you're really worried about headspace in here, so you could build everything you needed with PVC. Oh, sure. I know I could do it. I know how to hang surfboards from the ceiling. It's just not – it's already not like a big like loft-style garage. Right. Like it's There's a room above the garage, so the ceiling's a little bit lower, and there's only a little bit of clearance between the top of the garage door so it's like there's not as actually much space oh, okay. as you think there is for surfboards. Right. There's some, but not a lot. It's not as forgiving as you'd think. Uh, so I have some big decisions to make. 
uh, coming up here in the next year, I guess sure. is the time frame I have. There's also the option of like, if I am making enough money doing this, then to rent a warehouse space somewhere right. and do it off site, which I'd honestly rather not do because then I have to double a lot of my equipment because a lot of this equipment I use for uh, video gigs outside of doing all this. Right. And unless it was like hyper local, which would probably could become expensive. Like the closest like business area from here is still like 10 minutes away. And I don't know if right. I'd be able to find anything in that area that would function for what I need to yeah, do. Yeah. You, you, there's probably stuff either. Yeah. Down in Cerno Valley or down in Miramar. That's just like single, yeah. single office space that you could probably convert to make work. But I'm not I'm not making enough money for that to even be feasible right, right now. Right. And it's like then I have to because I do a lot of back and forth, like recording, dropping cards, editing, then going mm-hmm. back to record. I'd have to ha- either bring a computer with me or have a second computer set up. Yeah. For it all to work. So it's all a big pain in the butt. So I've got things to think about and it's an exciting time. I'm gonna have another kid, you know. Yeah, congratulations. That, that changes things. Thank you, Steve. Uh, I'm going to sell naming rights uh, to the inner circle. So go join the inner circle and <laughs> highest bid gets to name the kid. That's really what the, uh, the $25. <laughs> oh, it's going to be more club. than 25 bucks. No, you gotta, you gotta be in the $25 level just oh, to gain access. Okay. I see to the bidding process. <laughs> well, uh, should we jump into this first ad? Yeah. This first ad was sent by David Luna. Why don't you tell us about it? This is a Jaguar. I know that. It says beautiful Fender Jaguar Squire, $400 in Albuquerque. Just the craziest spelling. Like you're just looking at that word is hard to look at. Albuquerque. Is it even spelled right? I believe yeah, so. Yeah, Albuquerque. Brand new Fender Jaguar Squire with tortoise pickguard and Fender Mustang bridge modification. I purchased and played only to realize I am looking for a dreadnought acoustic. Grab up this deal now before I simply return it to Guitar Center. <laughs> do you do you think it would be better for him to just return it? I mean, if it's still within what forty five days or whatever, yeah. Like, why wouldn't you just return it? I wonder what he paid. Because can't you get these cheaper than four hundred? Um, I don't. I don't know. It's got to be a vintage modified, right? It's a seafoam green with a red pick guard on it. Yeah. Uh, it says Fender must. It's got the Fender Mustang bridge, so you know it's slightly. He modified. might be. He might be past. No, if he would. If he was so mistaken in buying this, he's like, uh, I think I really wanted an acoustic instead. There's no way he did these modifications. He went in and bought this thing on a whim. I think he bought it, and then like he's like, oh, I'm not really working on this. What are some? What are some things that might make it better? So he got the bridge so modification. So you think he did the modification? Yeah, yeah. Then he, I think he's past his forty-five day by Probably. saying returning it to Guitar Center. He's talking about trading it in. Yeah, and he'd take a cut off of it. You know, uh, it's just a funny idea to think about someone buying a pretty ni- like niche instrument. A Jaguar is yeah. a pretty niche instrument with a very unique feel and playability to it. So these and are then f- just being like. Uh, I think I wanted an acoustic instead, and why did I buy this? It's an interesting mistake. Yeah, to make. these are four hundred dollars new. Uh, the this color model comes with a white pick card. Yeah, no, this this is heavily modified. I mean, heavily in that it has a different bridge and different. Pick yeah, card. so 
Yeah, I guess. Uh, I do like good that. luck getting your four hundred dollars. Maybe it's like you know. Is it a classic vibe? It's gotta be. Are the vintage modified? Oh, it's vintage modified. But yeah, that's four hundred. That's a four hundred. The four hundred dollar model. Yeah, it makes me feel even better about the one that I got for three hundred <laughs> with a mastery. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Uh, I've got nothing else to say about it. I just thought it was a funny situation. I just think like, uh, you know, before you buy something, maybe you should make sure you actually want it or have a contingency plan. Have you ever done that? Like bought something and be like, I didn't mean to buy a hot dog. I was trying to buy colored pencils. Like something right. No, I mean, that's the different. thing is like, it's like, well, uh, yeah, I went to, uh, the sandwich shop and I ordered soup when I really wanted like, um, a sandwich. Yeah, like why did I do that? Like this? it's not even like they bought one thing when they wanted something like so like it's not like oh I got the hamburger when what I wanted was the bacon cheeseburger. Right, right. It's it, like you got the hot dog when what you wanted was like the sirloin steak. It's like you tried to go buy a dog as a pet and you walked out of the pet store with a parrot. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> No, that's exactly what it is. I mean, there's all sorts of metaphors we could come up with. I mean, I'm I'm guessing what the guy's really saying is like, like I said, he got this. He tried it out for a while. It wasn't like doing it for him. So he's like, you know what? Like, really, I'm just a strummy guy. I want yeah. an acoustic guitar. I want something that like is simple. I don't have to plug it in. I don't have to deal with switches and knobs. And that's just what I want. But like the wording is just goofy. You ever like meet uh, someone who's like an established acoustic guitar player? And they're like, yeah, I'm thinking about like getting acoustic. I'm getting an electric and getting into playing electric guitar. Like uh, maybe you can like help me figure out like what stuff I need. Yeah. And you look at them and you're like, you're not an electric guitar player. Like you don't want to go down this road. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not for you. Like maybe it's that type of person. Yeah, dude. Uh, we've we've known a few of those people. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I know a few of them right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like if you if you have gotten to this place in your life with the skill level that you have playing acoustic guitar. Uh, it's at this point, you're an acoustic guitar player. That's your <laughs> instrument. Like, like I can play acoustic guitar, but I'm not an acoustic guitar player. I'm very like squarely an electric guitarist right. at this point. I just always think it's tricky because it's one of those things where it's like, do you really want to go down this road? And it's like, people will come, people will come to me even with like electric guitar questions. Someone asked me the other day, like, oh, did you ever end up sending, selling that Japanese Squire that you had? I was like, yeah, I sold that like a year and a half ago and did it or whatever. And, and like people will come to me. Because, if there was a shirt with your face on it, the caption would be da 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 whatever. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, people will just come up and they'll be like, so I hear you have like a guitar podcast. I'm interested in buying this thing. And I'm just like you need to narrow down your choices before you come to me with this question. And also you need to present like a budget and da, 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 whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, it, but you know what I mean? Like, do you ever get that? We're like, like are people like we, I got a couple guys at the church that will come up and look at my pedal board who are electric guitar players and they'll want to talk gear, but they're always like, how do you find all this stuff out? And I'm like, man, it's the internet. Like, like they're like, oh, you gotta like, we gotta sit down and like compare notes sometime. I'm like, you don't. That's not a trail you want to go down. Yeah, dude. Like, I don't even want to know what I know. Like, I I have the. <laughs> I've been trying to forget it all. I, I've got the gear that I have, and I'm happy with it. But, um, it's it's a little like overwhelming to especially especially like in our position. I think or for me, like it's more overwhelming because it's not just about like 
buying stuff that I want to use because I like the way it sounds anymore. Now it's like I bought this thing and I want to use it because it's cool. Yeah. Or because I like the person who makes it. <laughs> like <laughs> there's all these other factors. So people are like, how do you how did you hear about such and such pedal? I'm like, I saw it on Instagram and I talked to the builder and I was like, this guy's cool. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy this. I want and, this cool thing he And made. so then I hit him up and I was like, I was like, hey, I really want this thing, but you had a sale on them like two weeks ago. Um, I'll make like a quick you I'll make like a quick like facebook live video oh my gosh how's that work like and so they're like oh yeah no i'll give you the sell price and like whatever promo you do is great i'm like cool and uh and it's just like now it's this overwhelming thing where now it's turned into like i got this thing i really liked it but i don't really have a use for it because i have like so many of the same pedal but now i feel like i can't sell it because I got it on a on like a <laughs> on like a little bit of like a barter a barter yeah. deal, so it's like now what do I do? Yeah, that's why I have like forty pedals in the house right now. It's ridiculous. I don't actually have a count on them, but it's a lot. It's probably forty. Yeah. Do we want to jump into the next topic? Yeah, yeah. People have been uh, excited about these. I've been seeing some chatter. It's the brand new Fender pedal lineup for two thousand one eight. Uh, we got a few pictures here. This isn't, I don't, I don't know if this is all of them. Now I'm going to try to find the prices for all of them. Cause that's what I wanted to talk about is the prices of these fender pedals. But, uh, we've got, um, the level set buffers, 99 mm-hmm. The, uh, mirror image delay is $150. The Marine layer reverb is $150. The pugilist is a hundred dollars. The compressor is $130. It's called the Benz. And the Santa Ana Overdrive pedal is $200. So um, so that's that, I guess. That's that's it. I'm now get, we've talked about them. That's the end. I'm trying to get... All the prices the, are here. This is the price on the mirror. Oh, they're at the top. They're at the top over here. Okay, yeah. It's like a cut in half. In that's here. what I was trying to find. Uh, so... When these were announced at NAM, I knew the price of the Pugilist, the Pugilist, Pugilist, Pugilist. Yeah, I knew it was ninety nine bucks, and so I assumed like they were all going to be that price, or right? Under, I'm super surprised the buffer is ninety nine bucks. Yeah, and then to have the overdrive be twice as much as the Pugilist distortion is crazy to well, me. Well, it is two. Pe- it's like a two in one, but the Pugilist is. It's a two-sided distortion. Right, but like, you only you can't get to sele- have one at a time. You can't select between them, but it's like a parallel blending sort of right, thing. Right, right. So it's like it's two distortion circuits. Yeah. There's just an extra foot switch on the Santa Ana on the overdrive. Right. And then I think the reverb and the uh, the delay are priced fair. That's what I would expected them to come in around because even if yeah. you're comparing to like the Boss DD7, you're looking at about $150. But then the fact that the 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 delay doesn't have tap tempo and it's 150 bucks is a little bit off-putting. Right. Like I feel like that should have been 99 bucks mm. to have a delay that doesn't have tap tempo. Like at this point in like guitar pedal market history or whatever you want to call it like the canyon exists from electro harmonics where it's got a ton of options and it has tap tempo and it's like 150 bucks or something like that right 
Yeah. I think it's like 140 maybe. Wait, which one? The Canyon. Oh, I'm not sure. I've never priced the Canyon. I bought one. <laughs> you think I know how much it is. But yeah, I know it's got a bunch of things going on on that one. Um, 123 on Reverb, 139. Oh, that's a used one. 139 on, yeah. on uh, Sweetwater. 140. And the Canyon does so much. I mean, the it's a different delay concept. Like there's different control switches and stuff like that and different parameters. But the Canyon still does so much for 140. I just... I thought I thought it was really promising having the Pugilist come in at ninety nine bucks. Like I said, I thought everything else was going to come in around that price and cheaper. I don't know. I I feel like they maybe these are like MSRP and like we're going to see them much cheaper once they hit, you know, store shelves. Mm-hmm. I just feel like they're kind of missing the mark with that price point on this. If you're not going to have tap tempo on it, and they have the ability, you can see with the double-sided overdrive, they have the ability to put two foot switches yeah. on this. They're totally wide enough. There's totally the space for it. They could have put a tap tempo on that really easily. I'm sure it's just a digital delay effect. Like, I'm sure the functionality is in there, and the, the person who designed it is like, are we going to use this? Are we going to put tap? And like the number crunchers were like, no, nah, it'll cost us four bucks extra to do it, so we're not going to do it. I think if they had come to market with this at 175 but had tap tempo on it, I think it would make more sense. Right. Well, I just think they could, I don't understand why they couldn't do tap tempo like as a jack too. As a jack or or whatever like it's just this thing and it just seems a little um out of out of step with what people seem to want. Right. I think the price of the, comp- of the compressor is fine, 130. It's a good sounding compressor. Uh, it has a blend knob on it. Uh, I think it's going to be a good option for, I think all these pedals, honestly, for what they do and the, the sound quality that they have, they're a good option for anyone walking into a store off the street. Yeah. It's like the guy we were just talking about who doesn't have a pedal education mm-hmm. and is looking to buy from a brand name that they know and trust. Like that is the target market for these. Um, but for the pedal junkies and guys like us who know what's out there, I just feel like, at the price point, some of these are a little bit underwhelming. I was excited for them, ninety nine bucks and under. But I don't know. Yeah, um, some of them are are kind of I don't know the price. The price points are really interesting, and they're also kind of a big box concept. Yeah, uh, you have to really like what a pedal does these days to get a big box. Um, I don't think it's really that huge of a deal personally like if i liked what one of these does i'd put it on my board for sure um you can you know squish stuff up together a little bit tighter i guess you know but some of them i feel don't need to be as big as they are like the the delay and the reverb don't need to be that big well some of it is like the delay it's like they wanted to do a bunch of things with it so you've got a bunch of like uh you've got time depth rate so you got five knobs and then uh, a three-way switch for digital analog or tape. You've got a on-off for uh, dotted one-eighth, and you've got two variation modes, uh-huh. um, which I'm not 100% sure what those uh, are. Each with two, they're just different voicings. Um, but it's like, oh, geez, they even like, it even has the option to add a dotted eighth note for those Irish-inspired washes of sound. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I think we all kind of, like, know what that means, right? Yeah, yeah. But what good is dotted eighth if it there's not even tap tempo? Yeah, well, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. That It's kind of it's kind of odd. It's kind of, 
there's things about it where like I don't I'm with you like I don't really understand the box size I feel like the I'd have to see it like I thought they sounded good I really enjoyed playing compared them, to other things I I still think with even without the tap tempo like this price is fine it just would have been like next level right um it would have made it i think a bigger I impact like it on the market made more sense. it would have been more interesting i mean these these pedals are good but i don't think like i said earlier i don't think they're pitching to the pedal junkie market they're pe- they're pushing to uh point of purchase sort of sales right where right. it's like oh you're buying your first electric guitar and your first amp you know you really should have a delay here's a line of pedals from the same people who made your guitar and your amp that you're buying yeah you know it's that kind of thinking. and in some ways like i understand why you would want to and i think take that approach and in other ways like i don't i don't want to say it's a mistake i think it'll play out fine but i think you still would have had that market and you could, still could have like made something for the pedal junkie market. yeah yeah Totally. Well, I think it's still a way better entry into the market than their competition pedals were. You remember those? Like the plastic yeah. ones with the stripes yeah, on them? those were not. Those were a joke. Those were... I'm, I'm glad they're making a serious... Re- regardless of the prices, I'm glad they're making something that looks serious. Uh-huh. That and is they have definitely good... built to be a, yeah. a, a you know, quality... They sound good. They sound really good. I, I really enjoyed, especially the, the distortion sounded just epic when I was playing it at the uh, the Fender booth. Um, and I think the people who get them aren't going to be disappointed in the sound quality of them. But I think if they dive into pedals a little deeper, they'll be more interested in some modern offerings that have more options. Right. Here's I a- mean, there's some good options on these. like, And it's kind of a unique like layout with some of them as far as like selecting different sounds and combining different options with it. So here's a question I have. Ask maybe me. You kn- no, maybe you don't. Is the pugilist digital? I don't know that. They all, they refer to it re- repeatedly as having dual gain engines. So they don't talk, they don't refer to it as a circuit. They refer to it as an engine. And that makes me think that it's like, Huh. That makes me like that type of language makes me think they're trying to like avoid saying digital. Right. It there's and that might that could could be be like why the price is so low. That's not and you know that's not good or bad. Can we figure out how many milliamps it takes? Because if it's no, because I don't see the men the a link to the manual online. So, oh, there is a support. Uh, Let's solve this right now. Manuals. If it is digital, that's interesting because it didn't strike me as digital when I was playing with it. This is going to be really interesting to listen to all this. Yeah, you know, it's kind of crazy. Um, The boost was the one that I was the most interested in actually out of this lineup. The buffer, you mean? Or the, the, well, the, it's like a buffer, level set buffer. So it's a buffer boost. Um, But at that price point, I'm just kind of like, yeah, there's there's got to be something else from like the DIY or or small builder market that does the same thing. Oh, yeah. But it, it is interesting that it has the, the, the tuner out. So it's like if you want to have, a tuner that's always running, but you want to like bypass the buffer issues right. that happen with that. That's, that's cool. A box that solves it, but then 
wouldn't it be better just to get a buffer mod to your VP Junior or something like that? Uh, I mean, but if this is going to kill two birds with one stone because you need a boost and a buffer, I think yeah. that's the level set section of it. Yeah, um, I guess that's true. So if you are using a boost, then I guess this kind of makes sense. Because you could buy, you if you need a buffer, you could buy the cheapest buffer there is probably for like 30 bucks or something like that. And if yeah. you want to buy a boost, then it's, you know, the cheapest boosts out there are like 50 bucks. And then you still don't have the functionality of connecting a tuner pedal to it. So it kind of comes out in the wash. It makes sense. And it's an attractive looking box that does sound good uh, as a, like a kind of a preampy sort of boost sort of situation. Uh, do we want to tackle the next ad? Or do you have anything else to say about this? I think that's all I got. I couldn't, they don't have manuals online yet. So, um, and if you try to look for Fender level set, it's yeah. just. Do you think they'll come out with a manual nice. around uh, Christmas time? You think they'll come, that, come yeah, out with a manual? Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. That's you were, my dad joke for the I day. That's what you're trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, this ad is going to be a complicated one. There's a lot to unpack here. ESP LTD EC 1000 FM. That is a long name description from ESP. Uh, and Bugara head and cab with free stuffs. 950 bucks. This was sent to us by Cedric Noah Baus? Yeah. Boas? Something like that. I think it's Boas. Um, so this is an interesting package sort of deal that was on Craigslist wherever he found it. Uh, he priced everything, the, the lister priced everything out. He lists the ESP guitar and it was really an LTD, which is like their Squire yeah. version. Uh, but they're still kind of like pricey stuff sometimes yeah they're they the ec 1000 is a pretty uh supposed to be a pretty well-built guitar so 870 dollars yeah. it's kind of your uh les paul style sort of guitar yeah. um he's got it listed at 869 dollars so it looks mm -hmm. like he's pulling retail numbers he's not just yeah that's like, that, these are all street too yeah i think the bugera head is 249.99 mm -hmm. the cab is 159.99 and so the total would be 1278 Mm -hmm. And then he's throwing in a like a uh, flight case pedal board style thing with a bunch of pedals in it. Right. So there is significant savings here based on his numbers. Oh, and there's a hard case. For the guitar. Yeah, for the guitar. I'm assuming the hard case is included. It's in the pictures. Yeah. yeah the SKB hard shell case is included with the package. Mm -hmm. So do you... I'm going to say that I think this is a fair price. I think it's an attractive price for anyone who wants this specific combination of gear. How do you feel about the price? And the pedal board is like, there's like a, I think that's like a Nux delay pedal or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, an, and there's, it's a Donner White Wizard. Donner. I, it's basically probably this similar to like whatever Nux does. Yeah, there's, It's a rogue analog delay. It's This is a weird mishmash. A of, 78 distortion from MXR, the Sonic Stomp. And what looks like the Hendrix Crybaby. Yeah. Because it's got the red push button on the side and the Q control. Yeah, it's, a, it's an odd grab bag of pedals. But then at the core of it, you're getting pretty attractive looking single cut guitar with a functional looking amp. I don't know anything about this amp model. I think this price is like maybe, I would say it's fair. This is this is like a solid state little practice amp, right? It doesn't look I don't big. think so. Bugera, I thought... At least, unless something's changed, Bugera only makes tube amps. Pretty affordable. Yeah. Uh, what is it? 
$250. It's probably like... He doesn't give the model name. It's probably like a 10 or like 15 watt head. It's got two... Sw- it's, it's got G the something. It's got the dual switches. So I'm pretty sure that's a on and a standby switch. Oh, yeah. You got, you're living that iPad life over there. You can zoom in real far. Bugera G something. Um, G20? I don't know. Maybe. I'm looking it up is what I'm doing. Um, so so I, the Bugera stuff, Bugera is part of that whole Behringer family of amps. Um, I've heard really mixed things. Some people really love them. Yeah, Some people kind of hate them, but I, it's can't, a tube head. I can't tell if people hate them because they suck or if they hate them just because they're Behringer. Right, right. It is an all-tube head. Yeah. So, and it's, what what was it, like $250 new or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I'm actually seeing them listed at like $299. So this guy is pricing stuff very fairly. The real issue, like I said, is like if you want this combo, you want to do one-stop shop kind of a deal, this probably works out great. If you want to do something a little more customized to what you do. um, Well, here's what I'm going to pitch for this package. This package makes sense if you want that guitar. You have to want this guitar for this to make sense because then you'll be like, yeah, I'm going to pay $950 for this guitar and then I have a pile of flip stuff. Yeah. Because then you can flip. Everything looks really clean. None of this looks damaged or roughed up. Then you can flip that amp uh, with the cab. You could probably uh, Craigslist it for $300 together like same weekend, you know? And, right. and then just selling the amp you're already getting into the green with that guitar. Like it, the price point that you're hitting is way below what you should be paying for it. And then you've got all these extra pedals to sell. Uh, let's call them all $50. So 100, 200, 250, include the case. We'll call it 275. So that's very generous. Is that generous? 50 each? Yeah. That analog delay is not worth more okay, than like twenty dollars. Okay. Let's call it two hundred even. Um, sure, maybe. Sure, that the wah is probably like a hundred dollars. The sonic stomp's like eighty dollars. So I guess seventy dollars from the other three, like you can work that out. Okay, let's call it two fifty then. Yeah, including the case. So throw in the case, and that's you know slow flipping, selling one pedal at a time. So two fifty plus three hundred is uh, is five fifty that you're cutting off the top of your cost. Of yeah. Your so basically here. that's what you'd have to do is, is decide like that you really Which want you're getting something. This, this guitar with this case for 400 bucks in that right. scenario. But you can get that guitar with at least without a case for like $500. Oh, can you? Yeah. If it's 869 new for used, you're saying for you can buy it used. Yeah. Mm. Uh, this looks like it's in pretty good shape. And like you said, it has a case. So you don't have to chase one down. Um, I'm not seeing like a ton of these, but like, there was a black one that sold like yesterday for three sixty five. Well, damn, free shipping. So, and that was with I don't know. Well, actually, this app is garbage. I take it all back. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's a good um, it's a good deal, I guess. Well, not if but you're going to get this guitar for it's a $350. Good, it's a good deal Like if you want all of it and you don't want to like piece it all together. Or like if like or yeah. if you can like push hard. Like well, Now that I know that you can get the guitar for $350, i am completely against it now. <laughs> uh, 
but don't buy this. Like, yeah. So that's the whole thing. Is like, what did you price the amp and cab at? I said like you could probably put it on Craigslist for three hundred together. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That, okay. That's fair. And that's like a same weekend kind of sale. You could probably sit on it longer if you wanted to and get a little bit more. Uh, I I would be surprised if you could get more than three hundred. Sure. But it's like kind of like a uh, disposable like impulse sort of buy at three hundred for an, a tube amp with a cab. Is what right. I'm saying. Right. Yeah. All right. Now that I'm completely like soured uh, on this ad, let's move on. I'm doing all the moving on lately. I'm telling us to keep. Going. I know. Let's keep moving. This yeah. next one is we're going to talk about. Uh, somebody sent in a question. He says, "Will will jazz basically is jazz based music the future?" Jazz That's the question. based. Jazz, jazz oriented. Based when you first uh, like posited this question to me, I thought you were saying jazz bass. Yeah, it's like are you talking about playing bass in a jazz style, or are you talking about like the Fender jazz bass? Is the Fender jazz bass the future of music? Yes. Topic over. Um, <laughs> actually, I, I had think, it up, and then and then my phone reset. I think I mean it's obvious that extended scale stuff is popular right now, but I think it is popular for good reason. I think uh, jazz basses and like longer scale guitars give a lot of range to individual players who are maybe recording at home and putting together their own compositions where it's like, Oh, I don't really need a bass guitar. I'll just play the bass parts up here lower on my guitar and I'll play the high parts over here. And it's more of like a complete like modern music tool. I have no idea what that has to do with jazz bass. It doesn't, but we just started, I started talking about it. So, let's, okay. Let's talk about Found the actual the question. topic. Will jazz based music be the next cultural zeitgeist? Is the guitar's most effective way of staying relevant? Is it the guitar's most effective way of staying relevant over the next twenty years? It says with players like Mateus Asado, Horace Bray, Emily Browning, Emily Kruger, Sam Blakelock, Both Coda, Emily's. and Julian Lodge getting so much attention on Instagram and YouTube, are are they setting the stage for jazz to be relevant again and keep the guitar relevant as a lead instrument? Is the rise of neo soul, jazz rap, and the new jazz movement an indication? of what to expect from radio music over the next 10 to 20 years as rap infiltrated rock and pop before exploding in the mainstream. This was sent by Caleb Neff. I think this is a pretty interesting question, if only because like I, I do listen to a bit of like what has been coined like alternative R&B. Sure. Which is still like is very pop relevant and gets a very minimal airplay on like actual alternative stations, uh, but does tend to have more like guitar influence. And, and I think... To an extent, the question, the answer is yes, but I think what we're seeing more for the, in terms of like, you know, radio music infiltration, you're not going to see what you, I don't think you're going to see the same kind of crossover with this style of music that you see with, with like the rap influence. Sure. Where it's um, not going to be the new like cornerstone, but it'll be like, It'll be a flavor. Or or even if it is, like even if it became like the popular style of music, because there are um there there are like these uh these heavy jazz influence. Well, I'd uh, say that it could become a popular style of playing, but not necessarily like something that's in the forefront of like in people's minds as like the the consumers of the music. Right. Right. And and that's where I was going with that is is I think like for the last 10 or so years pop music has pop like crossover music has largely been in like a featured 
Right. Like, I think we've seen featured artists m- more in the last like 10, 15 years than like ever before, at least in like mainstream music. Yeah. And I think what you could see is like some of that coming over with some of these artists, like, oh, da 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 da, featuring so and so. But until like these art, the artists that, that were mentioned, um, like pick up, uh, like you have to kind of be like dual threat. If you're just playing guitar, like you're just going to be a featured artist. And right. even then, like you might just be like a studio session player. So that's good. That sound and, and the ability to play that sound and the fact that this type of playing is so popular on Instagram and YouTube and on these different formats could influence where mainstream radio music goes. Mm-hmm. But what you're going to end up with is that's going to be incorporated into like the bigger picture. Sure, sure. Where it's still going to be like Rihanna featuring, you know, DJ whatever, such and such, and DJ whatever, such and such is just going to hire these guys to play. I bet play. there is a DJ called whatever, such and such. Yeah. Da, 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 whatever. It's a it's a cool name. No, that's your DJ D- name. DJ da, 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 whatever. Yeah. But DJ such and such, whatever is a cool name too. Yeah. Um, that can be your name. We can be, we can, we can have a, what we can do whatever night. Yeah. DJ such and such and da, 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 whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, something I was going to say, like my point on this is what I've noticed with, uh, like we, we definitely do have this scene of like guitar guys who are like Instagram guys and like face. I mean, what I'm trying to say is like YouTube guys. Is like people who are really good guitar players who get an audience on YouTube of other guitar players following them and just watching how good they are. And I, I'm seeing that scene of people leaning into these like kind of their throwback styles, but with their own kind of like modern neo twist on it, I guess, like going leaning on jazz and le- leaning on even like the gent stuff, leaning on really odd time signatures yeah. and, and the whole thing like the young people these days that are coming up with new music and finding success through new, you know, media outlets like YouTube are playing really complicated stuff, like Mm -hmm. really heady stuff that our generation wasn't into. Like when we started playing guitar, when we were that age, it was like you learned a green day song and you were stoked for power chords, you know? And now it's like, Oh, you know, how many time signatures do you know? And how can, how many can you fit in one song? And like, Oh, you only have an eight string. I've got a twelve string guitar, and not that kind of twelve string guitar. This thing's got bass strings on it. Like, yeah, there's definitely like a certain shift into, and maybe it's just availability of it uh, visually. Um, and we've talked about this before, like you said, like, you and know, even guys like Mason Stoops who are playing conventional guitar, but like leaning on like this really like throwback like finger picking sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. It it's definitely like I think going eventually will penetrate into like what we hear and what we think about um, in terms of like what's popular music. It's not just going to be like people's. There's always going to be room for like people smashing away at chords. Oh sure. Um, but even if you think about like um, some of the more recent um, alt like black keys kind of a sound, like there's a different. Or are like I think of like the Black Keys or like the Arctic Monkeys. Like there's a completely like different way of thinking about guitar going on, right? In those in those particular artists that make it interesting. I think something I've really like been enjoying listening to the radio when I drive around a little bit that I do 
uh, I really like how soulful like alt rock is right now. Mm. Like there's just like this really strong focus on deep soulful vocals. Right. That I'm really enjoying. And then the background, the, you know, the backing tracks behind them, the, the playing behind them is also leaning on kind of like retro inspired, vintage inspired kind of playing like throwback stuff, mm-hmm. but done in like a modern take. It's not like, you know, like rockabilly revival where, or like, big band revival where it's like trying to reproduce right the exact music it's like hey this this person who's playing they studied up on stuff that they liked from like three different uh, genres and three different decades that were not related at all and they kind of blended it together but you can hear it in there and you can pick it out you know mm-hmm. i think that's really interesting and i'm hearing a lot of very mature playing in like popular songs that are happening right now it's not just someone slamming out power chords it's very tasteful i'm enjoying it and uh, i i was at a place in my life in the uh in the early 2000s where it's like i hate all the new music coming out am i done am i done as like (laughs) a like a cultural person am i never going to like popular music again and i feel like if i had time these days i would totally be into a lot of the music that's coming out now Mm. I think there's cool stuff coming out and it's a really neat uh, thing to hear the experimentation that the musicians are doing, even in the, like the radio stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all, you know, things are always shifting. I think what we've said kind of before about electric guitar will, will hold true that it's, it's gonna, I don't think there's going to be like a new guitar God anytime soon. I mean, I could be completely caught by surprise. If there is, it's, not gonna i well i mean this is a prediction you never know it's not gonna be like hendrix or van halen over again like oh there's this guy and he plays so fast and he plays these crazy notes and it's just like this big charismatic guitar thing if there's a big guitar guy or girl uh it's gonna be uh someone who is just the personality behind the music and happens to be a good guitarist right right that makes sense um yeah, I think, uh, and it's funny, like, whenever I see this topic come up online, people start naming all of these artists, and I'm like, look, like, the problem here with everyone that, like, almost everyone that ever gets na- named in, like, a modern guitar god sure. thing is, like, when's the last time that person had a song on the radio? Right. If they don't, then, like, I, I don't I don't think that's... It's like, I don't know if you can even judge it by that now. Like, I think we should listen when people who are connected to the culture right now tell us like this person is huge, we might not, we're not fully plugged in. We're getting older. We might not understand how huge they actually are. Well, I think like, I, to, to our parents, when we were teenagers, was Nirvana huge to them? Would they have believed that that was a huge band? But what, what I mean is like, unless you're listening to public radio, like, do you ever hear Joe Bonamassa on the radio? That, right. that's what i mean like you know whether or not like whether or not the media the media environment's not there anymore right whether or not like joe bonamassa is, is a guitar god in, in comparison to like van halen or even like slash i think that can I be like, like the way you said van halen van halen i think that can like, be you like you don't believe he exists yeah I, <laughs> I think i think that can be like objectively measured I think you can look at numbers and, and, you know, people say like, well, the market's different and this is different and that's different. And I, and I understand that, but 
but that's I think kind of like the broader discussion is like you're you're talking about like cultural saturation of somebody's music or somebody's sound. Right. Like beyond just like if if you just something simple and straightforward. If you were of age in like 1986, not knowing who Van Halen was would be like not knowing what hamburgers are. Right. Like it's so ubiquitous that like everyone knows. People who don't listen know. And it's like a lot of these people that are big guitarists right now, you know, the general public doesn't have much of an idea, but the guitar community does. Or like people right. who listen to that kind of music. So that's do. what I mean. Like when people say, oh, here's all of these people. I'm like, okay, like it's this is cool that this person has, you know, 300, 500K, whatever on YouTube. Yeah. And like, you know, however many on on Instagram even if it's millions, whatever, even if you have millions of followers on Facebook, you're still not as famous as Van Halen was in the '80s, or Hendrix was in the beginning of the '70s, right? You know, or Nirvana was in the '90s. Like you're just you do not have that level of fame. Or like Michael Jackson, like you mm -hmm. having having 10 million followers on YouTube is not the same as Michael Jackson level fame in the late '80s. Yeah, it's just the reality of it. Like. It's the difference between, yeah, you have followers and your mom knows who that is because everyone yeah. knows who yeah. that is. I don't know. No, I think that's a good take. Yeah. Um, we got one last ad here before we call it a day. Yeah, and it is a day. It's not the night. Yeah, my wife's going to be real excited that I'm home for dinner. <laughs> I'm excited to just hang out and chill. I got to edit a little bit of video, but... Uh, yeah, I'm so th be done. this is a Boss XT2 distortion uh, being sold by the Pedal Depot on Reverb. It is listed for eleven thousand dollars. Oh my gosh! Plus ten dollars shipping. <laughs> That's Steve. I think eleven thousand dollars is too much for this pedal. Mm, I agree. Uh, for collectors of rare Boss pedals, this was an in production less than a year with less than twenty thousand ever made. Due to its rarity, I feel that it's easily worth $11,000, if not the pink slip to your dad's 69 Camaro. What kind of Camaro is that? Uh, it's a bitchin' Camaro. All right. Uh, I don't actually feel that way and would accept offers at less than 1% of that so you can justify your shopping addiction to your wife by showcasing what a hard bargain you drive. Uh, the comment on it says, quote, the X-T2 is a love-or-hate type of distortion pedal. It's got a very hard edge distortion that sounds a bit different from other boss distortion pedals. The tone controls are called contour and punch, and it's not just a renaming of bass and treble. Contour cuts highs or boosts highs and lows, while punch controls the distortion depth, then adds a mid boost. Anyone tired of the conventional distortion sounds might like the XT2. Yeah, I don't have any comments on the sound of this thing other than I vaguely remember playing it way back in the day at Guitar Center and it just being a like a nasty, nasty mess, like high gain, like nasal filtery sort of stuff that some people love, but I wasn't into it. Uh, anyways, I just thought this guy's pricing structure was fun. He's on reverb. Having this pedal listed at $11,000 is going to get attention from people. And then it's going to make them do math because they're going to be like, wait, what is 1%? Because mm. he said he'll take under 1%. What does that mean? It means uh, $110. Yeah. So he's priced relatively fairly, and he's saying he'll take under that. Um, I'm guessing he probably wants to clear like 90 bucks on this thing. Yeah. Plus $10.01 shipping. What is the normal price for these? 
Price uh, value, 45 to 85. Thanks, yeah, Reverb. The corner. <laughs> so maybe he's hoping to get just under 85 or something. This like has that. gotten five offers. Yeah, people are trying to figure out where where he wants. So people are probably yeah, gonna start real low. They're probably doing fifty. Well, and you know, that is the one thing that but is he, always like frustrating to... when you put like a crazy price like this, is people are gonna be like, one percent, what is that, like twenty bucks? Yeah. People bad at math. But anyways, 20 bucks. I mean the price guide is there. I would go off the price guide. I wouldn't give this guy 110 bucks for this thing. Uh but I mean you have to be fair you have to realize that only twenty thousand of these things were made Mm -hmm. there's only twenty thousand in circulation and it's a very unpopular pedal so it's like (laughs) it shouldn't be more than about 65 bucks honestly in my opinion (laughs) but i just thought it was a fun ad i thought it was a fun take on things if this sells it's gonna screw up the numbers on reverb (laughs) they're gonna be like they're gonna be like this thing sold and it was like like nine hundred percent off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're gonna go in the uh, the recent transactions on the price guide. He's gonna say like listed eleven thousand dollars, sold seventy dollars. <laughs> I'll be surprised if he can get seventy bucks for yeah. it. I kind of want to try it now though. I don't want to seventy dollars try it, but I nope. think I would forty five dollars try this if I saw it locally. If I saw it at the swap meet or something like that, or a pawn shop, I'd pick it up for forty five bucks just for mm. a laugh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do we have anything we want to close with? Do we want to thank our sponsor? Yeah, let's thank our sponsor, Sinusoid. Uh, if you're looking for a power cable or speaker cable, don't forget Sinusoid. They do those too. The Sasquatch cable is huge. It's beefy. Yeah, so head on over to sinusoid.com to check that out. Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture. They make cables. And they're going to make you think there's a snake behind you. Look out. All right. This week's song was sent by Tyson Brinicombe. Uh, it's a cover of Daniel Johnston's Walking the Cal. Uh, he says the acoustic is a Gibson J35 recorded with a Rode NT5 dead center and the saddle pickup going uh, to a fairly cracked re- deluxe reverb. I wonder if that was supposed to say cranked. I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out if it's distorted or not. It's I forget what cr- I used. It's going to sound like an amp cracked in half. Uh, I forget what I used for the lead, but it was run into a whammy and then a sub decay octosynth. The bass is a trusty Squire 6. All my stuff is up for uh, pay what you can, I think is what PWYC stands for. Download at TysonMakesMusic.Bandcamp.com. So I hope you guys enjoy this song as much as we enjoy making this podcast. Yeah. Later, guys. Bye. (laughs) 